this week on The Perfect Scam. Would you mind just, you know, reading off seven or eight of them to me? Here's an Apple gift card that I got from 7-Eleven. That was 500. I have a $500 Best Buy card and I purchased it at Best Buy. I went to Kohl's, to Sephora, and I bought $1,000. Here's another, some more gift cards from Target for $500. There's the $2,000 from Nordstrom's Rack. How many of us just go through our daily lives and see that gift card rack and don't think two seconds about it unless we need to buy a gift? Where else are billions of dollars being lost to criminal enterprises? Welcome back to The Perfect Scam. I'm your host, Bob Sullivan. For many people, those colorful racks of plastic cards at retail checkout lines represent an easy last-minute gift for someone. But to criminals, they represent opportunity, perhaps the most efficient tool they've found to steal money from unsuspecting consumers in a way that's untraceable and irrevocable. And for a growing number of Americans, Gift cards represent a financial nightmare. The Federal Trade Commission said recently that Americans report $50 million in losses to gift card fraud every three months, more than double the amount from 2018. And that's just the losses that are reported. So today, we begin a two-part special report on the problem of gift cards. First, we're going to meet some gift card victims and let them tell their stories. Then, we're going to tell you about a brand new study conducted by researchers at the University of Minnesota, sponsored by AARP, involving undercover shoppers who tested store gift card security measures. The results are pretty shocking. But first, let's meet Henriette. A criminal stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from her family. And when he stole everything she had, he turned to gift cards so he could steal even more. My name is Henriette Schmuel, and I'm in North Aurora, Illinois. And where is North Aurora? It's outside of Chicago, about 45, 50 miles. It's a part of the larger Chicagoland, right? Right, right. Actually, it's it's west of Chicago. And how long have you been there? Uh, We've been here since uh, 2000. Since 2000. Where did you move from before that? California. Ooh, that's a big change. Yes, yes. But actually, I was born here, born and raised here. And then I moved to California. I lived there for about 30 years and I married my husband out there. And He's from Michigan. So we settled on Chicago because that's where I was from. And we moved back here after the kids grew up and left the household. Henriette is in her Midwestern home alone one morning when a phone call arrives and sends her into shock. It was about, yeah, about nine o'clock, nine thirty. And it's, the thing is, I generally don't answer phones, my house phone. They called on the house phone. I don't generally answer it if I don't know who it was or who it is. And when I saw that it said U.S. Customs and your security, I went, oh, I should answer this. This must be something important. After all, her phone told her it was important. On the other end of a line is a man who said he was Andrew Paul, a senior investigator with Homeland Security. He told me that he had arrest warrant for me for money laundering and drug trafficking. And he showed me the arrest warrant. We ver- I was able to verify that he, where he, because he told me how to, 
to find the site. So I went to the site to prove where he was from, found his name on the site. So I thought, okay, it must be right. Yeah, but all the time, you know, I'm crying the whole time. So I said, I've not done anything wrong. The investigator asks Henriette if she'd ever been to Charlotte, North Carolina. She had been for work where she'd rented a car. And then tells her she's in big trouble. Police have found a car there registered in her name. And it was full of cocaine. Besides showing me the arrest warrant, he showed me uh, the car that was in Charlotte, North Carolina, that had the 21 pounds of cocaine found in it at an apartment that was supposed to be under my name and bank accounts that had large sums in it under my full name. And I thought, wow, this is crazy. I, th- I can't, I, I just don't know how this could be. Well, it seems like someone you know has given your identity out. So you're a f- victim of identity theft. I go, okay. He goes, what my job is, he says, I, I can see that this is wrong and I want to help you to prevent going to jail for this. I want to prevent you from going to jail for this? Henriette doesn't know what to think what to do. This seems like so much to digest all at once. That's what, that's crazy. I know. It was like, I was just uh, dumbfounded. I just, I didn't know what to do. I I, actually, I just, for a long time, I just couldn't stop crying while I'm talking. He says, you've got to stop crying and and listen to what I'm saying. And I go, yeah, but I said, I've done nothing. I've I've done nothing wrong. And I said, I I just don't understand this. Why would somebody I know do something this to me? It just doesn't make any sense. You know, so he kept showing me different things. He says, well, what I'm going to do is what we'll do is we will take your money and and put it into another savings account after we change your social security number. Yes, but we've got to have, you know, we've got to prepare for that. In the meantime, I'll be, I'll work to make sure we, to guarantee that you were not the, you know, the one that did this. So I said, okay. And as Henriette sets about trying to prove her innocence to this man, well, it is remarkable how much he already knows about her. He knew my where I graduated, when, what degree, and you know that I graduated with honors. He knew the homes I have had sold and bought and sold in California. Uh, and it's like, wow, you know, he knew where we had last lived before we moved here. Henriette has a fleeting thought about going to police with her story, but the man on the other end of the line convinces her that's a bad idea. So if any of my family got involved, they'd all be, we'd all be arrested at the same time. And if I went to the police, make sure I had a lawyer with me because I would need to get out, uh, have a lawyer to help me to get out if I could. So, you know, like I, if you went to the police, you'd get arrested right away, he said? Uh-huh, because I had a case number. He says, just give me your case number. He says, they'll come get you. You don't even have to go there. He said, once you're there, to take a cop with you or a uh, lawyer with you because once you give them your case number, they'll arrest you on the spot because it's a federal offense. <laughs> okay. She isn't even supposed to tell her husband, but she does. He's equally shocked, but agrees to help Henriette however he can. In order to clean up the mess from identity theft, the man tells her she'll have to start changing bank accounts. So Henriette and her husband begin to withdraw all their cash. When bank employees start asking questions, the man on the phone is right there with the answers. I went to both banks and drew out money 
and took, you know, what I they needed, you know. And of course, everybody was so kind to make sure that I wasn't being scammed. And, you know, did I know what I was doing? I said, yes, oh, yes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm taking this out because uh, we need it. We need it. And he'd tell me, tell them you're remodeling your house and you need this to pay for the down payments on, on some of the remodeling things. I said, okay. So we did that. He, he went with me in the cell phone everywhere. Then he tells Henriette to send the money to him via Bitcoin, so it can be moved to a more secure account. He took me to Bitcoin machines, which I never even knew existed in my life. And the first one we went to is a, a common area, which are one of those multi-shopping areas where they have all kinds of discount stores. Mm-hmm. And I stood there in the food court, putting money into this little Bitcoin machine. And I was scared to death that, you know, somebody... First of all, somebody I knew would wonder what I was doing there. Secondly, like somebody could have, could hit me with this money in my hand. And I'm trying to run this machine, put money in, and hand, handle the cell phone at the same time because he had to give me the information to feed in to, to do this. But when we did this, you know, afterwards, he would send me the receipt for each one of the deposits. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, I, I he could prove how much money I put in. And then he sent me a, a copy of, a ch- of the check that was to come in my name from Bank of America for the amount that I put into the, to the Bitcoin machine that day. Over the following days and weeks, Henriette just about empties her bank accounts and her retirement accounts. He put me down to like, I think 3000 in my Roth IRA and not down to like 25,000 in my I, uh, regular IRA. And then I had a annuity that was for like 16,000. I had cashed that in. All of this was done without taxes. So now I'm having to, and he said, oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll pay the taxes. Uh, when we give you the check, we'll take care of all this, all these charges and stuff that you have. Don't worry about it. We'll cover all of that. And when nothing is left, he tells Henriette to take cash advances on her credit cards and buy gift cards with the money. Well, we uh, kind of ran out of money, so he started using my charge cards. So I had that's we had to open up the open up my credit on the charge cards that I had, and uh, he would take first he took money and you know how that you can take an advance on it. So mm-hmm. he took advances from the accounts and put it in and started, I started using some money to put for Bitcoin and then started putting some of that money as gift cards. Then he said, well, you know, I wanna protect you a little bit more. So then I was just using the charge cards to get gift cards where I could. And I'd learned that, you know, Amazon cards are not Amazon, Apple cards are the big ones. So I started staying away from Apple because people always question you, $500 on Apple and, you know, oh no, we don't do that. So I would either go 250 and 250 or I'd start getting different cards that he, he would allow me to get certain ones. So I started doing that or going in at different places and buying, as I said, I'd go to different Walmarts or different Best Buys or different Walgreens. I did a lot at Walgreens. When she tries to buy too many gift cards at once, some stores stop her. 
but she learns how to beat the system. So let me just, just to get a picture of it. So at one point you would go into a Walmart with a credit card and you would what, get four $250 gift cards? How would that work? Well, I, it was, I guess I can't say the nice things, but the fact that at most Walmarts, now you don't have to have a, a person. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go in and get a card, put in the, my charge card for $250, get, for $250, get the receipt and walk off. I never had to deal with, there was no one to question me. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, I can do this. So some stores have charges on both sides. So I went out, then I go back in on the other side and I do another $250 and, you know, get by myself and go that. So I'd go to other other stores. And, and I mean, I as, I as I said, I have all this knowledge, all this, all this crime knowledge that's like, Unbelievable. She spends days and days working her way through, it seems, every retail store nearby. Well, some of them were at Walmart. Uh, I went to Jewel even and got cards. Uh, I did. I could get Apple at Jewel. I walked into the police station with a stack because uh, I kept every single one of them so that I, I had everything. I had all the receipts. I had some were Best Buy cards. Some were Target cards. So do you have them in front of you right now? I hear you flipping through papers. No, I have copies. Oh, okay. Well, would you mind just, you know, reading off seven or eight of them to me? Okay, here's a gift card that I went to 7-Eleven, $500. It was an Apple gift card that I got from 7-Eleven. I have a, that was 500. I have a $500 Best Buy card that was a gift card. Uh, and I purchased it at Best Buy. I went to Kohl's, to Sephora, and I bought $1,000. Oh, actually, it was four $250 Sephora cards for $1,000. also went to JCPenney's and got some. Here's another, some more gift cards from Target for $500, because that's where I learned I could get $250 instead of each. And then I could do it. But if I bought $500, I couldn't. Ross, I mean, they, there's the $2,000 from the initial big ones that were for Nordstrom's rack. You know, I did another one. I did uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, about $300 worth of car, uh, $50 gift cards. I did one time. And then the, the uh, $2,000, which, you know, was um, $250 each. In, it's two, the total $2,000 at Nordstrom's Rack. So it's like Apple, well, he had me go to the Apple store to get gift cards where they sold phones and they wouldn't let me do it. And I said, oh, I wanted to get, get you know, I get gift cards for my grandchildren because their parents were going to get them cell phones in. I'm, you know, I'm grandma and I want to help with the price and stuff. So I said, you know, I wanted to get, you know, a couple thousand dollars in gift cards. And I said, no, you know, we can't do that. He says, you can come with them and you can use your card at the time towards the purchase or give them, you know, uh, a, a check or give them the thousand dollars and they can come and use that. But he says, no, I can't. We don't do gift cards here like that. But if you, if you want to, we'll sell phones to you, you know, and we can do that on the purchase. Mm. So they were smart enough to know that this kind of thing was going on 
and they wouldn't even authorize it. And after getting the gift cards, she sends them on to her contact at Homeland Security. So I have this stack of gift cards that everywhere I went, I'd have to get these gift cards. I'd scratch the thing off and I'd have to send them a picture of each one and how much that had been spent on them. So we went, I had a stack of those that was tremendous. The whole time, Henriette is driven by this fear of getting arrested for drugs, of losing all her money to an identity thief, and driven by a desire to protect her family. Yeah, this is all so overwhelming. I'm just picturing you sitting on the floor of a gas station feeding $100 bills into a Bitcoin machine, and that just breaks my heart. So, you know, I'd kind of go in there like, you know, everything was fine and stuff, and I'd go out, and I was just, I'd sit in the car crying because this this is not, I said, I, I've never cheated, I've never stealed, I've never robbed, I've never done anything like this. I said, I've, I've been a good girl, I mean, Christian, I've been a good girl all my life. I just turned 75 on Sunday, and I said, I've never done anything like this. And it was so, so hard for me to think that I, I had to do this to save my identity. Mm. But, you know, I, I just, I didn't want anything to happen to my family. I just, I, I couldn't see anything happening to them. You were protecting them, yeah. The ordeal goes on and on and doesn't end until, well, until the criminals tell her they're going on vacation. At the end of June, they were working on, we finally stopped doing gift cards and getting money. I, I kind of ran out. And he said, uh, well, we're getting your your new social security number now i said oh okay he says but that takes a few days it's all right so then i I, I waited you know and he says oh well they're having some difficulty getting it so this guy and he gave me the name of the guy will call you and he will ask you probably questions if you know if he can't get through so i waited a few days then came the end of end of june and i called called him and at first i couldn't get he didn't answer and he'd answer my texts so then i actually called him and he says, oh, he says, I'm off because it was the end of the end of June. He says, I'm, I'm on vacation and out of the office. But he says, I'll be back after the 4th of July. I said, he said, I'll take care of it and I'll get in touch with you then. So I thought, OK, the 5th came and I thought, well, he's just getting back. It's oh, He's been out on vacation. He's got a lot to do. But the 5th was a holiday. Then the 6th came and I just texted him. Hey, where are you? And I didn't hear from him. The 7th, then he wasn't contacting me. So then the Friday, the 8th, I called. No one answered the phone. Well, Friday, the the phone had been disconnected, no longer in service. And I called back again. This was about four o'clock that Friday night. And I called back again. I thought maybe I missed stop. So I called back again and the same thing happened. She goes to the police with extensive records of everything that happened, but It's no use. There's no hope of recovering any of the family's money. And in addition to all that theft, Henriette has run up a huge debt just buying gift cards to send to the criminal. You told me that the total was about $250,000. Right. Wow. How much of that was gift cards, do you think? I think that was about 20 to 25. And that debt, well, this once retired woman has to go back to work and pay it off. And I understand that you just celebrated your 75th birthday this weekend. Is that right? Yes, yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It's been quite a year, huh? 
Yes, it has. Yes, it has. It's just, you know, I just, I just retired last year at 74 and, you know, we redid, we redid the house. So it's like, that was the, I said, okay, I can use that excuse because, you know, I know how much it costs to redo that house, you know, <laughs> but it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I was just getting over that and just tie, putting the house back together. And now this happened and it's like, oh my, I, I, it's, it's overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. I have, I'm putting behind me. I did have to go. I am now working for Kohl's. I had, used to work there years ago, uh, part-time. And I went back there and they've taken me back and I'm working there about 25 hours a week to help bring some money back into the house to pay the debts because the bank's helping, but they're not excusing it because I was involved with it. So I have to pay the $20,000 back. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash your moment today. Henriette is hardly alone. A woman we'll call Beth suffered from a similar gift card fraud attack. This time, it was a call from someone claiming to be from the Internal Revenue Service. What happened is a call came in and they said that I owed money for, for the, from the IRS and that I needed to immediately call this number or I was going to be summoned before a judge with a subpoena. So I freaked. I called them and the guy said, ma'am, he was very serious. He was very official sounding. And the, the phone was IRS. It said IRS. It looked all official. So this gentleman said, you know, you, you owe the IRS. And I said, well, how much? And they said, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but you have to go before a judge. And I said, what do you mean I have to go before a judge? I said, I pay my taxes. I've paid every estimate payment. I have an accountant. And they said, it doesn't matter. They have caught you in fraud. You, you ha are frauding the United States government, and you are going to have to go before a judge and address this. And I said, you're kidding. You're not even telling me how much I owe. And they said, well, we don't have to tell you anything. And so I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm like starting to panic. And I said, well, isn't there any way out of this? And they said, well, no, you're going to have to go through a judge. You, you're going to, we are, our job is simply to notify you. So what happened is I said, after the third time, I said, isn't there anything I can do to pay this now? And the guy said, well, there's possibly a way to do it, but I can't guarantee that. He puts Beth on hold, but then returns with some better news. He said, it's very iffy, but you, you may be able to pay it, but I can't promise you anything. I'll connect you to this place. So <laughs> the next guy, he said, well, you owe this money and there isn't any way out of it, but there is one possibility. 
but most of the time in these cases, individuals have to appear before the judge. And I said, well, can't I do anything to pay this now? Because I really don't want to go down that path. And so he said, yes, there's a possibility you could pay it through Visa gift card. Gift cards? Well, going to court sounds like a nightmare. So Beth listens to what the man says and follows his instructions. He was clear we had to go get cash. So I went to the bank, pulled out cash. I can see it as we speak. I got $3,000. By that time, he informed me it's going to be $3,000. So I get $3,000 out of the bank, and he's on the phone the entire time. And then we go in Publix, and they didn't have Visa cards like he wanted or something. There was something with the Visa cards. He goes, well, do they have Target cards? And I said, yes. He said, well, you're going to have to get this many Target cards. So I got whatever the amount was that equaled $3,000. And so I'm at the counter, and I'm beginning to feel a little weird. Uh, I don't notice it much, but I'm, they're like looking at me a little odd. You want this many gift cards? She gets the $3,000 in gift cards and follows his instructions to go back to the car. But sitting there, in her car, something snaps inside of her. Okay, now what you need to do is give us those numbers on all these cards. So here I am sitting, it's Florida, it's hot, I got the air conditioner on, and I'm relieved to be giving him the numbers, right? And then I kind of got toward the end of the number on one of the cards and I said, you know, this is a con. I went home and I called my accountant and she was like, the IRS never calls you. Get on the phone with Target immediately. Calling Target doesn't help very much. They're very uncooperative. It took me forever to get to their fraud division. And then they started acting like I was the person who was doing the fraud. And so I said, you need to stop this. You need to stop payment on these gift cards. So they were able to stop. I think it was 2300 he got away with. And the remaining amount, he did not. So before Target can deactivate the cards, the criminals get away with $2,300. And as for the remaining $700, Target says they can't refund the money. So Beth has to keep the Target gift cards. They forced me to use that money to buy a phone. I bought. I ended up buying a phone because I have that same phone right now. So that's what happened. Yeah, so, and at the end of all of this, they say, okay, well, here's a $700 Target gift card. Wow, that would really... Stick in my well, car. no, they insisted. There's no way, other way around it. I had to shop at Target to, to yeah. you know, they wouldn't give me my money back. The other thing I found frustrating is when I called the local police, they didn't do anything. I called the attorney general. They took documentation. But I think in these kinds of situations, I think the biggest, you know, there's anger, but there's a real aloneness. Hey, isn't anybody going to really understand what happened here? You know, you got your friends, but even my friend was saying, you did what? So it was kind of like, okay. So I just think there's a real aloneness that you don't have anybody who, one, really understands, and two, there's nobody to help you. Nobody helped me. Mm. That, That aloneness part, that's terrible. But I think that's what a victim goes through with this. Gail Roberts faced this aloneness, too. Fortunately, she was able to stop her criminal even sooner in the process. He didn't get away with 
any gift card value. But she was left still holding the bag. She says her husband spotted a fraudulent charge from Amazon, but when he tried to call, the number he found online led to an imposter. Given that we're both retired, Bob, and we're basically on Social Security, he checks his accounts to make sure the charges are accurate and in line. He's very, very diligent with that regard. So he asks questions of this person. And during the exchange, my husband several times checked the number and it seemed to come from Akron, Ohio. So while he pretended to attempt to reverse the charges, this person said he was in trouble and that this representative needed to do the reversal manually. He told my husband he needed to use a Google security feature, which required a Google Play Card. Once that was obtained, my husband would enter the Google Play number into his PC. The security would then be enabled and Google would refund the monies. He asked if there was a Walmart, Walgreens, or Target nearby. And then he instructed my husband to go to Target and purchase $400 worth of Google Play cards. He woke me up. He told me not to use the computer, the landline phone, or my cell phone, that he was off to Target to follow instructions from an Amazon representative. He was told to buy gift cards. Now, having had a retail background, I jumped out of bed, threw on some clothes, and attempted to stop him, to question him, to find out what was going on. Because gift cards cannot be redeemed other than at that store. That didn't make sense to me. He was off. I couldn't catch him. Her husband buys the gift cards, but by then, Gail has talked with local police who tell her what's really going on. They said, just hang up. It's a scam. When he returned to me with the Google Play cards, I said, we're going right back to Target. And I got in the car with him and I said, we're returning this. But Target says the gift cards can't be returned. I was outraged because it was within the hour of purchasing those gift cards. I wanted not even the money back. I asked Target for a credit so that we could possibly buy tissues or toilet paper, something that we could use Mm -hmm. other than Google Play cards. And unbeknownst to me, Google Play cards are only good on an Android phone whereas both of us have an iPhone. They absolve themselves of all responsibility. They said, there's nothing we can do. Call Google. And calling Google, well, online chatting with Google, that doesn't work either. In the dialogue between the Google liaison for the company, I said, well, what can an 80-year-old woman purchase? And she said, well, books or play games. And that's absurd. And I don't even have an Android phone. I'd have to purchase an Android phone to access what they were selling, which I refused, of course, to do. Since Gail doesn't use an Android phone, she's stuck with $400 worth of, worthless to her, Play Store cards. 
So all these people said, you know, pointed fingers at each other and said, it's not my responsibility. And so the end result was, do you still have $400 worth of useless Google Play cards? Is that what happened? I have three left now because we had purchased a washing machine and the service people that brought in the washing machine, I asked if they had an Android phone and one of the service people said, yeah, I have one. I said, it's your lucky day. Do a good job and I'm going to treat you to a Google Play card. And he said, wow, thank you. So I'm making <laughs> lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> That's a really nice way to tip somebody who did an important job for you, right? Indeed it is. This is what I mean about being a light, because, okay, we can possibly afford the $400 loss, and indeed it is a loss, but consequently, I have heard from people that have lost thousands, and I became incensed, and that's why I contacted ARP, and I contacted all of the media that I knew about. Gail thinks retailers should do a lot more to help consumers deal with this rash of gift card fraud. That really does hide the problem. And as far as I'm concerned, both Google, Target, and any of these institutions that are huge and make millions, if not billions of dollars, should have some kind of orientation program, some kind of human resource education for the people that sell these cards to at least protect the buyer. You know, it doesn't have to be something where a 20-year-old talking to someone like myself in the latter part of her 70s would say, are you being harassed? Is this a purchase? You don't want to be interrogated by a service person, but you do want to be protected. So therefore, why can't we return unused cards? Why can't we get a credit? If they want to make money, they will still be making money out of that institution. I don't understand that. Companies should work harder to protect their consumers, Gail thinks. I would like to say that this is a new world. And therefore, the old paradigm is dead. And now it's about people and integrity and caring, having compassion and caring for each other. And who but the company that says, you know, we have your back. If you shop or use our services, we'll make sure that we have, our company has the integrity, the caring, the compassion to work not only with you, but for you. Well, oftentimes they don't seem to have your back. A secret shopper research experiment run recently by the University of Minnesota's Marty D. Lima in partnership with AARP generated amazing results. So when we interviewed managers to ask them about their perspectives of gift card fraud, they understood the problem, but they also expressed to us their competing priorities. And one of their priorities is to keep the line moving. So to really educate a customer and tell them, you know, I'm concerned about the amount or the quantity of gift cards that you're trying to buy. You know, it takes empathy. It takes not being judgmental. 
They all said, you can't just jump right into those questions. You have to warm them up. You have to say, so how's your day going? Or you have to ask, so wow, this is a lot of gift cards. Who are these for? All of that takes a lot of time. Trust building takes time. And what they say is that that can create like a longer line building up behind this person who's trying to check out. So you can see that if the store is packed, they're gonna choose that priority of keeping the line moving, you know, maximizing profits for the retailer, rather than sitting this per taking this person aside, sitting them down, understanding what's going on in their life, why they were told to buy these gift cards. It's a lot of effort. So what happens when a group of students led by Marty try to buy gift cards under simulated duress, just like a victim of a scam? Well, that's next week on The Perfect Scam. If you have been targeted by a scam or fraud, you are not alone. Call the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908-3360. Their trained fraud specialists can provide you with free support and guidance on what to do next. Thank you to our team of scam busters, executive producer Julie Getz, researcher Haley Nelson, associate producer Annalie Embry, and of course, our audio engineer, Julio Gonzalez. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP's The Perfect Scam, I'm Bob Sullivan. <laughs>